Hey everyone, it's Long Allen Ice-T, and I want to tell you before the episode starts about Anchor. Now, Brain Buster Radio has been going on since 2012, but with Anchor Podcasting, we've really stepped our game up here, talking programs with you, and we're everywhere now because of Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast gimmick out there, and that is because Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And most importantly for us here at BBR, it is 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. The Marburgers came from on high and said, hey, use Anchor for the podcast. And that's what we're doing. We're using Anchor now and we're everywhere and we haven't been happier. It hasn't been been simpler in the six years we've been doing the show. So if you've always wanted to do a wrestling show or any kind of podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start and join me, Long Allen Ice T, and the Brain Busters and the diverse community that uses Anchor as a podcasting service. They're all using it. You need to get on it. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Now, let's get to start talking programs. And now from east of the Pacific to west of parts unknown, south of Mars, north of hell, here are the smartest minds in the sport of professional wrestling. This is Brain Buster Radio. You only learn the way you are inside when life gives you the test. Will you back down, turn and run, or stand up with the best? Doing Brainiacs, Long Allen, Ice T here, ready to talk programs with you. And if I sound crystal clear, better than ever, Brainiacs, it's because I'm coming to you from uh, some of our remote location, Marburger Studios, uh, a palace I-, I would call this place, the and really the perfect setting to talk about the perfect moment in professional wrestling where we're rock and roll where competition, wins and losses mattering, nostalgia, surprises, competition, it's all converging into a great moment in history. And here we are, professional wrestling, better than it's ever been. We've got possibly the greatest holder of the money in the bank uh, right now. And we just had possibly the biggest non-WWE show to happen in 20 plus years. We're going to talk all about it, Brainiacs. Tweet it, read it, tell it, shout it, be all about it. At the Brain Busters on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, and Facebook this week. We got Vinman here on limited dates, and Vinman is all elite. He's buying the merch on Pro Wrestling Tees. He's he's making sure he's gonna be there for all out. Vinman is anti WWE. Now it's his new gimmick. Uh, I I'm not quite sure where you got that information, Long Allen. Uh, Dave Meltzer I, told I, me. I wouldn't quite say <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I, a, a groundbreaking week in the world of professional wrestling. Brock Lesnar, the beast in the bank. Bailey, K 
cashing in the money in the bank, becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion, and to top it all off, maybe the highlight of this week, Charlotte Flair driving the pace car for for the Coca-Cola 600 Triple J. Uh, do you think it's at least for me? It's a missed opportunity, you know, that Bailey didn't decorate that that briefcase with her, you know, smiley faces and that that hugger emoji. And you know, we uh, imagine we could be saying Bailey in the bank every week, but you know, unfortunately, at least for the fans' point of view, she cashed it in that night. Uh, I, I'm a little upset at that, and I'm, I'm hoping Brock Lesnar spray paints a big boom box. On that briefcase. I think most of the people listening, Triple J, forgot about everything you just talked about because we are coming less than 24 hours since All Elite's Double or Nothing show, which I know Moose the Mark is ready to talk about. In Long Island, there's certain, you know, the moon landing happened, I believe, 50 years ago today. Allegedly. The anniversary of Woodstock. I mean, we've got another huge landmark event for human culture that's going to be remembered 50 years from now the day the war started the day that cody rhodes the young bucks (laughs) and kenny omega came in to save the sport of professional wrestling i don't know about saved it but they definitely (laughs) made it interesting we also have dr mil calzonis on here to press buttons make us all sound good and chime in on the important issues uh, doctor, what, from a medical perspective, what's the biggest thing going on right now? Because you got Brock walking around with a ghetto blaster in the bank, and you've got Cody Rhodes smashing uh, Triple H's persona in effigy. Uh, I don't know, but I think the biggest thing going on is Brock Lesnar just rocking out with that boombox money in the bank. You know, I wonder what's in there that he's listening to that he keeps bumping his head to. I, I like to think that Brock is doing that while listening to some Beastie Boys. I think he he gets down to some hello nasty. <laughs> that that looked like some you know rage against the machine uh, head heading on, and at least from my perspective. Do you think Brock's killing in the name of when he's doing that? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he may be. But, uh, yeah, you're right. We're talking about Double or Nothing. Uh, Dr. Calzones, did you watch this? I, I haven't spoken Wait, to you. the T-shirt company has a pay-per-view? Uh, yes. Uh, no, I've, I heard about Double or Nothing. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, but everybody else on the, everyone else on the show, including uh, Vinman and myself, we were paying customers uh, to a degree. I, I guess you could say, Vidman. Both both of us watched it. Did you even watch the buy-in, the whole pre-show with that bat- that casino battle royale on the singles match? Uh, no, it was too expensive to watch the the pre-show. It was, it was free. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I don't think I have that money on me right now. Well, you well, got to pay for the internet. It, it, uh, <laughs> in Doctor Calsonis's defense, he's always since I've known him only ever made an effort to watch only WWE if any wrestling at all. And whenever he would watch WCW back in the day, it was because he was being forced to. Is that correct, Doctor? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Um, I mean, now no one's forcing me to watch AEW. But I'll do what I've been doing lately. I'll read all about it, and I'll catch up, and then I'll be back. Yeah, the rest you, you, yeah. <laughs> the whatever's is, in the papers. That's very that's very common because Moose the Mark will tell you a lot of people are reading about AEW's double or nothing. The only difference between you and them, Doctor, is that you're not going on the internet and saying how much better than WWE it was, even though you didn't watch. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. I'm just reading what happened. I'm just the outcomes. I'm not reading anyone's opinions. Just a straight information. This person won. This person won. This person lost. This person came up. Well, I, so, I, so obviously, what's what's causing this is, uh, you know, double or nothing. Musa Mark, could you give us your unbiased take on what happened last night? I mean, I, I think it was a perfectly executed show. I mean, this is the barely legal. Was barely legal the first ECW pay per view? Yeah. Or was it living? It, it kind of reminds me. I don't know. I just yeah. had. No, it was barely legal. Yeah, it's okay. one of those. Yeah, I'm talking barely legal, except you know the power didn't almost go out and like cancel the thing nationwide. I thought this was like, barely legal with money. I think, yeah, no, exactly. But no Terry yeah, Funk. You, know, you want to talk about landmark moments? You want to talk about betrayals? You know, Shane Douglas throwing down the NWA title. You have Bret Hart, recently inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, who escorted his niece into her match. Uh, at the last pay per view, was that at WrestleMania? I think it was it was WrestleMania. 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 Yeah. And he unveils the AEW All Elite Wrestling World Championship. That's that's huge. Say nothing about John Moxley. Well, Moose but even Mark, better for, than that. I mean, there was Moose, great wrestling on the show too. There, was, there, there was. But for for people who didn't see Bret the Hitman Hart come out, that was, I think, the shocking moment of the night more than anything. Can you kind of paint the picture for someone like? Uh, Dr. Calsonis, what happened when Bret Hart came out and revealed the AEW world title? Oh, yeah. I mean, so he came out and he's dressed in like his usual Bret, you know, gear. I believe he wore shorts yeah. or at least cowboy boots. And, and he unveils the title and he never once shows it to the hard camera. He just kind of like shows it at an angle. We never get a good glimpse at it. Whatsoever. We never get that hero shot. No, we never get the saying, hero shot. Um, and then I did was the main event for the title. Is Chris Jericho the champion now? <laughs> oh, it's a title no. match. And, <laughs> okay, okay, that's there, right? Right there says something about this show that that Musta Mark doesn't even know who the champion <laughs> is. Now, I'm I'm a astute observer, so maybe this says more about Musta Mark than the show, but you should yeah. know, Moose, that. Hangman Adam Page won the Casino Battle Royale, and he entered a world title match against the winner of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. The winner of right. the ma- yeah, they were match now. But, but was the winner of that the champion? Is no. he going for a title match? No, no. Did you, did, you see, right. did you see referee Paul Turner hold up that belt before the match? <laughs> no, I did not. And then it was not I didn't for see the Bret hold up that belt. Who could? That thing looks like it weighs 150 pounds. I don't know if there's anyone on the AEW roster who could hold that belt above their head. Maybe Luchasaurus. Hell yeah. That's a big dude. He's got a master's degree. (laughs) I was rooting hard for Luchasaurus in the Casino Battle Royale. Him or or Maxwell Jacob Freeman, because he's better than me. I feel like we should... We should kind of start with this Casino Battle Royale. This was the world's first impression of AEW, and I got to admit, I wasn't that impressed from the get-go. If I hadn't already bought my thing three weeks ago, like, I don't know if I would have been convinced. I mean, You called your cable provider three weeks ago to make sure that you were in. That's right. I I told them to mail me my receipt so I could send it in and get a free uh, free set of beer koozies. The the thing about, uh, I'll say that uh, the BR Live app, 
uh, watching this pay-per-view Brainiacs was great. It was seamless. <laughs> it 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 was. It worked perfectly. You get two congruent streams. So uh, I watched Triple J split it with me. The Marburgers refused to to pay for this this pay-per-view for us this time around. So we had to go out of pocket for the thing. But uh, it worked. It was a great stream. I, actually, the, the future in-laws uh, were over. Miss Elizabeth's parents were over, and they were saying, "Wait." This is a stream? That is a great picture. And they loved it as well. So a good good broadcast, I would say, overall. But back to the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah, the big yeah. thing for that, they missed feel- the spot with the cigarette going out on uh, on Joey Janela. Joey Janela. Yeah. Yeah. There, I feel like there were some guys who should not have been in this Geek Battle Royale. First of all, by not, I like the gimmick with the picking cards and stuff, but like – Without getting people's individual entrances, like the Rumble format, isn't nearly as exciting, you know. Yeah, I Moose, I'll agree with you. I mean, I I think I, I think they tried to do some comedy bits, and like Long Allen was saying, they had too many uh, big spots going on at the same time, so you just caught some things in the background, and it's almost like they were trying to replicate. The uh, you know the battle royal from all in yeah. the over the budget yeah. battle royal and I think they poor you know came up really well, short if that's what they were aiming. Well, for. I'll say this you know I, I like the idea I I, th- I think you know it's different uh, I was intrigued by it uh, the execution uh, not so much and you know you know part of it was uh, you had a, a, an extreme mishmash of talent you know all trying to get their shit in but they the, the there there was not a good agent putting together a match like this you know, for a match like this where you got all this stuff going on and you got to make sure certain spots get on the camera you got to have somebody like a pat patterson back there putting together this match and i don't think that's what what happened i think that was where they, they dropped the ball they, they really needed a pat patterson yeah. going okay uh jimmy havoc you and this guy do the the hardcore <laughs> spots and uh the, the lucha lucha dinosaur uh you <laughs> wait for it to be over before you go for the choke slam that, yeah, that's, that's really what they needed. Do you think Malenko was the agent, or or who? who he do you just think got hired, Jerry, didn't he? Jerry well, maybe Lynn. if if Billy Gunn was the you know he was out there working the match, so maybe either Jerry Lynn or Bidman. Do you think the fifty man battle royal at Super Showdown is going to be more organized? <laughs> oh yes, yes, and it will be better. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> well, that that's because it's going to have a, a Yokozuna <laughs> knockoff. It'll be Georgia. as good or better than Double or Nothing. <laughs> Equivalent or better. <laughs> Wait, was, cheese, was Cheeseburger? Cheeseburger was not. Uh, no, which okay, is surprising because this was his kind of match. <laughs> but yeah, you, you had Luchasaurus, you had Jungle Boy, you had that uh, the the amputee in there, you had Orange <laughs> Cassidy, who I guess there were 22. Uh, well, what who else was would that, you? Who was that baby oil man? Yeah, Michael, like, Michael Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Michael Nakazawa. He's the best. I love Michael Nakazawa, who is as good or better than a lot of the talent in the ring, but he just was, you know, <laughs> wasn't his night. And I think we, gotta, his night. we really got to point out. Well, he, he when, drew spades, I think so. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, were you? I like the Casino Battle Royale because you could root for suits. That's what I was doing for it. I couldn't just pick one guy. So I was You're rooting going with for diamonds. I was rooting for yeah. diamonds the whole the whole way. Yeah, I feel like next year they're gonna encourage people to show up, like get tattoos. Like I'm team. Di- I've been team diamonds since the first double or nothing, man. So yeah, I mean, I think everyone agrees. 
it's a good plan, but it was not execute, executed well in its, uh, you know, freshman album. Well, I, I, whatever. It was still entertaining and really cool to see the Luchasaurus come. So it, close. it was good once they got down to like the final. Now six I gotta, guys. I gotta ask Moose the Mark because uh, we the there was a lot of chatter in the in the house while we were watching the buy-in. What was old, good old Jr. saying about the Luchasaurus? Or was he not on commentary? He wasn't. No, on he was pre-show. not on commentary during the pre-show. Oh my fucking god! I can't wait to hear old Jr. talk about Luchasaurus. He's he's you a dinosaur. He's, he's a dinosaur with a master's degree, and he knows karate. <laughs> oh man, he's he's a very talented dinosaur man. Um, it's like. Keep talking about how Pentagon Junior and uh, Phoenix—they were kids used to wrestle on their beds, wreck box springs. <laughs> can can we talk about the tables that we're seeing in AEW? These are not yeah. strong style yeah. tables, but they're not WWE tables either. These are like hybrids. Yeah, yeah. these things looked—they looked. I don't know where where would they, you see these in real life, <laughs> man? Are these exclusive to AEW? Is this a new a new breed of table? I, yeah, I think they went and you know they you know. They, they're, they are, they're trying to revolutionize the game, and and they are you know, wider than regular tables. I yeah. would think also. Yeah, they, also, they, I, I'd also like to point out that their their choice of uh, surprisingly soft lighting and stage equipment is uh, is also look pretty more, pretty a lot more convincing than like Miz and Shane at WrestleMania. I didn't yeah. see any feathers or packaging peanuts. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're jumping to the end of the show. I I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, we'll get there. Let's uh, let's let's try to go in order here. Anybody have anything else to say about the Casino Battle Royale? Uh, is does anyone know? Did Joey Janela die yet? Is he a fucking legend yet? Because no, he's he did, fine. He is okay. Because that was amazing. He went through the the table, but you know his goal in AEW, Moose the Mark. He's what? His goal in AEW, Joey Janela. He cut a promo. He said, "The day I die in that fucking wrestling ring is the day I become a fucking legend." And live forever. So you have that to look forward to every time he's in an AEW ring, which I think is That's worth fair. the price of admission alone. Yeah, I'm telling you, him and Orange Cassidy should not have been in the opening match. That, although I will say they did, they were funnier than the librarian sketch, which I'm not a being an elite guy. I didn't get it. Didn't seem to go over too well. Oh, I don't know what the deal with it was. This is also why Brain Buster Radio is the best goddamn pro wrestling show out there in the world today. Because you get the perspectives. You've got Moose the Mark, who is watching this from a Uncle Dave perspective. Vin Man, who's hate-watching AEW. Triple J, who's critical. <laughs> and Dr. Calsonis, who's reading about it. And then you have me, who I am a Being the Elite person. Let me t- tell you, I watched every Being the Elite episode leading up to this show. I watched every Nightmare Family Road to Double or Nothing episode all day long leading up to the show. I watched the documentary on AEW's own YouTube channel. I watched all the content, uh, and I was ready for it. And if you watched all that, it did make the Casino Battle Royale a lot more interesting because I knew about uh, the different angles. It also made the librarian stuff really fun, and I was hoping they'd get a match. We need to get pretty Peter Avalon and Leva Bates in a match, Triple J, I think— Maybe with a book in the air, and they got to climb a ladder, retrieve it to become the librarian. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't keep up on those being the elites like you do, but I, you know, I was privy to what was going on in that back. It's like segment, that, you so. know. I'm telling you, it's like well, if you're watching WrestleMania without ever watching Raw or SmackDown or 205 Live, it, it just makes it, a lot of it just <laughs> yeah. 
a lot of it just you know goes over your head, I guess. But I will say with that that angle, Moose the Mark, uh, I know some people who think it's kind of problematic the way they're portraying librarians, especially for a company claiming to be so inclusive and progressive. That's kind of it's kind of troublesome. Well, you know, librarians are you know it's it's about where you punch, you know, and and you're punching up at like the the librarian. Uh, industrial complex. I mean, everyone knows that libraries are super well-funded and really, you know, I mean, these these people are getting rich off of being librarians. So, you know, it's okay for... AEW's the little guy. They're punching up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the media covers that, but there's other things the media's... Uh, I mean, you've got Congress people who are all about AEW and uh, a lot of good feedback on social media from what I've seen so far, but... Uh, Triple J, would you say that you you said this Casino Battle Royale wasn't better than the All In Battle Royal? But what about as a show on overall, uh, All In or Double or Nothing? Um, I I you know to to be truly accurate, I'd have to go back and watch All In. Uh, the the only thing I'm going to say is Double or Nothing. Uh, you know, uh, up until the last three matches, I I, I was feel I wasn't really feeling very hot on the card, and that was probably because there were no personal issues that were involved. But those last three matches were all great. You had personal issues issues being settled, and I think that's what people are going to remember about it because that's what I'm remembering about it. Perhaps all in may have been better from top to bottom. But double or nothing, you know, they closed it out really nice, and that's what people are going to remember. So, uh, you know, right now, if I'm on the spot, I would say as a total package, I'm going to – I re- recall All In being better. But I, I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and watch it. Moose the Mark, what is Uncle Dave – which ticket step does Uncle Dave think will be worth more in the future? <laughs> I think definitely this one. I mean, I'll, you know – Sad to say, but both G1 Supercard and All In, which like are super historic things, I mean, Ring of Honor is involved somehow. And I don't know if it's Sinclair or just like Ring of Honor in general, but it doesn't feel as pure as All Elite Wrestling's first big show. Well, I was entertained, and I don't need personal issues all up and down the show to get excited, especially Vinman when there were two, not one, two fucking Kongs on one show. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's right. Uh, yeah, this was it was. I'll, I'll give my opinion here, and, and it's probably going to be unpopular. But you know, you watch this show, and then you watch you know any other Ring of Honor show or New Japan show or some combination thereof, and I couldn't really tell much of a difference. You, you know, it's it's the same guys. Uh, going out there and just having matches with not a ton of story really built into it, uh, with not a ton of you know truly elite top talent. Uh, the only difference I saw on this particular program compared to some of the other independent shows I've seen recently is the this show had to rely on ex WWE stars like Chris Jericho and Dustin Rhodes to really carry the show. Those guys were the stars. And so, you know, that makes me think, you know, those guys aren't going to be along forever, around forever. Where's the where's the talent coming from? Where's the star power that's going to carry this company? You know, I did not see anything that made this, you know, very historical 
or anything like that or groundbreaking. I mean, there was, you know, there's some good matches. I think there's some, some decent guys on here, but you know, the, being the greatest show of all time. I mean, unless you're going to tell me it's the best because it was the most recent one and happened last night, you know, I can't really say that. Vin Man, so you don't think Jungle Boy is going to be the next Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin? No. In fact, some of the people I were watching with were very confused as to how this guy, you know, uh, got who, who let him in the building without <laughs> buying a ticket? <laughs> what are you talking about? Jungle Boy is, I think, one of going to be one of the great stars of the future. He is as good or better than Marco Stunt, who is already critically acclaimed. So they're both, I think, destined to be huge AEW stars. Jumping, Jacob J, you'll appreciate this. The way I looked at Jungle Boy was that they had an idea for this character, and they really wanted Craig Icavino for it. But they it, couldn't it, find it. So they called it, this like jungle boy. They shrunk down Bruiser Brody and took the intensity away from him. And and that's <laughs> and you've got jungle boy. I mean, you you've got a you've got I a mean, lot that, of it, you got a lot of good ehos in the in AEW, and you guys are really selling them short. We've got Eho de Luke Perry, we've got Eho de Brian Pillman, uh, we've got Eho de Pentagon. I mean, Mustamark, you gotta tell these two. How these these young young studs have it in their blood? They will be stars. They need to be given a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, AEW is a family affair. We've got a husband and wife behind the scenes. We've got brothers, half brothers, Lucha brothers, Smash all about brothers, Smash <laughs> brothers. Can, can we friends, talk about? Might as well be brothers. Can we talk about that, Long Island? You may pick this up. Was yes. it just me, or were people actually chanting "Who are you?" Whenever the Super Smash Brothers came out, that like even I knew who they were. And and they I'm were. you know I don't watch every independent thing. They were, but the thing and is, was was that worthy? Was that worthy for a lights out for a double lights out moment? Th- this okay. Th- this lights out moment that's the thing people think lights out moments are supposed to be revealing someone you already know but that's not what this was about and the reason why people don't know the, look did you see the super smash brothers they look nothing like they did back when they were pwg regulars they are jacked now i mean they are fucking jacked i mean you've got uno is just fucking ripped is ripped and now they have minions too and they have minions They've got human furniture. What were they calling the? What were minions. they calling the minions? The heartless. I don't know what they're. Call, I, don't, I didn't hear the name they gave them, but I'm calling them minions. Vin man, you you know what we're talking about with that lights out moment, and it oh. came back on, and it looked like one of the war raiders lost about a hundred oh, yeah. pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. You know, you know me. Anytime lights are going out, I'm all about best it. video game gimmick since Glacier. Can can we agree on that? Uh, you know, whenever they start freezing people, then we'll have that discussion. The, the only thing that it was missing was when the lights went out before they went on. They should have kept them off for a while, and they should have played some music over the PA that went. And then the lights should have gone. How was how was Nintendo letting these guys use this? Well, I, they're not. I think that's the thing, right? Like, if you listen to the commentary, they never said, oh, those are the, the Super Smash Brothers, King. <laughs> that's, that's player Uno. <laughs> player Dose. Player uh, they're doing is from... Big fans of the uh, computer games from Japan. Yeah. <laughs> 
They are. That move they're doing is called Bubble Bobble. A game <laughs> called Bubble Bobble. I cannot wait till they win a match at Excalibur, who's doing such a good job screaming the names of moves. Better, finally, someone calling out names of moves and yelling it enthusiastically. I can't wait till we hear some JR saying, Oh, an Irish whip, hamburger time! It's hamburger time, it's over! And then the Super Smash Brothers win. Uh, they are video game enthusiasts, King. <laughs> the gamer experience. <laughs> Is that what they're going to be called? The video game experience? Uh, I don't, yeah, they did yeah, say. They get Jack. Fuck. And player dose is even bigger. Been he, a, lot of, a lot more Mountain Dew and Doritos for player dose. Getting real jacked for AEW. <laughs> I was, that, that and uh, Bret Hart were the, two, were the two big shockers to me. The one at the end of the night was good, but not surprising to anyone, right? With two with two lights out, I was expecting the kings of wrestling at the bare minimum. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I mean, it, I don't. I wouldn't say they delivered on that on that part. You expected the kings of wrestling, but you got King Koopa. I don't think it's that bad. The the, the thing the thing is, AEW was going to give us some surprises. Triple J. How do you rank the ones we got? How do you how, would you say they were sufficient? Were they were good? They were. Qualities, surprises, and scares, and thrills. Well, I mean, let's let's identify what the surprises were first. Br- Bret Hart was a surprise. Uh, that that was very big, the biggest of the night, I think, and it went over very well. Except he wouldn't give us a you know a good view of the title. And apparently, uh, that, well, it's, only- fu- it's fucking heavy, first of all. And apparently, he fell off. What happened, Vidman? He fell off the stage. Yeah, yeah, fell down some yeah. steps or something. What are you laughing for, Ben? Man, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I just hope he learned his lesson. I mean, the only, the only I mean, thing I noticed was he was walking like straight back. He wasn't going to go through any of those impact, you know, the the, the impact arena tubes or anything. Yes. Well, Brady, actually, yeah, we, you know, you talk, we actually have some 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 uh, footage here. Vin Man, we can go after that incident. Uh, Alicia Atute uh, interviewed Bret Hart. It has not aired on any social yet, but we got a hold of it uh, through Dr. Calsonis and the Marburgers. Let's play that right now. Hi, this is Alicia Atute, backstage interviewer for AEW, and I'm here with Bret the Hitman Hart. Hitman, how was it going out there showing off the AEW title? Oh, you know, it was, you know, it was just such a real, you know, real special special occasion you know it was always great coming out here and you know seeing all the fans and you know showing them this title and i want everyone to really you know see just every sort of gleaming surface i want everyone to get a real good you know look at it so you know i want everyone to just drink it in it's so beautiful you know it's a real impressive title and how did it feel to be the first man to ever touch the the aew golden belt there yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 a real privilege, you know. I mean, you know, most people don't touch this title until they earned it, and you know, the fact fact of the matter is, touching this title, it's got me kind of wanting to get back in in the game, you know, just get strap my boots on, you know, get back up to that second rope, and you know, just start competing again, and maybe I'll win this title in in a month or in two months, you know, who knows? So you are, once, we could once we I could. get back to that locker room, you know. So you you're telling us that we might be able to see the hitman competing at all out? 
Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I would say almost definitely, you know, you could definitely expect me there. Uh, you could print that on the news or, you know, whatever the internets are, you know, find, you know, wherever you found those, that tape, the Tom McGee match was stolen from me. You know, maybe you could tell everyone I'm coming back to wrestling in my first match. I'm going to be facing uh, Kota Bushi. So, <laughs> so, Hitman, you're, you, you say you're coming back, but you, you see, appear to be walking with a limp. I didn't see you get it physical out there. What happened? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I was just kind of walking back and, you know, I fell. You know, they have these two little, you know, kind of, um, you know, tunnels. And, you know, we come out the tunnels and, you know, I was walking backwards because, again, the bell, it was just kind of, you know, I'm a little blinded from it. You know, I was just thinking about, you know, just going over some sp- tactics and strategy for my match with Kota Bushi. And, you know, I just fell off the edge right then and there, you know. So I broke my knee. I dislocated my shin. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. You know, I'm in a bad way. But, you know, I, I'm still confident that I will be wrestling at uh, All Out in, in August. And you know what? I'm probably going to do some matches at the Fighter Fest, too. just want to shake the ring rust off, you know. So you'll be at the Fighter Fest as well, then. Yeah, Fighter Fest. I'm uh, I'm going against uh, Nick Gage and Jimmy Havoc. So, oh my, <laughs> this is this is and, uh, breaking news here, AEW fans. Brett the Hitman Hart scheduled for Fighter Fest against Jimmy Jimmy fucking Havoc and and Nick Gage, who's not even a contracted AEW wrestler, and will apparently face Kota Ibushi at Chicago's All Out event after taking a spill. At double or nothing tonight in Las Vegas, Hitman. Thank you so much yeah, for joining you know, us. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't really, it wasn't really the first time. You know, I've ever fell. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, I fell a bunch of times, but you know, I remember one time. You know, I was walking kind of like this. You know, I was walking back from the mm-hmm. stage because after, you know, after WrestleMania, you know, after Sean, and you know, I, I, I slipped and I fell off the ramp. You know, I looked under my heel, and, you know, there it was. It was a banana peel. So, you know, I didn't know. I went back, you know, I said, Anvil, you know, did you do this? You know, I'm just, we just kind of ribbon. And, you know, I look in the corner, I just see Owen. He's there, he's just bawling, just tears coming out of his eyes. You know, he was just so, you know, excited and happy because he ribbed me, you know, and he was so happy I wasn't hurt. And he was, so, you know. That was Owen, so. Oh, well, thank you for the, for the time, uh, Hitman. We'll see you at Fighter Fest. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> the Hitman going to be at Fighter Fest. He's warming up for that big Kota Ibushi match. <laughs> Interpromotional match between WWE and New Japan at an all-elite show. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see the hitman try to avoid staple guns, barbed wire, and and light bulbs against Nick Gage and Jimmy Havoc. That's gonna be fun. AEW hitman's oh giving us a lot of shit we've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if you had asked me, you know, what's you know what's something that will definitely not happen at this show, I would have told Brett Hart showing up and and. There was. I was proven wrong. I, I kick, I kick it over Bret Hart being at the double or nothing. It might be the best. I, 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 
It's the best thing to happen in like, wrestling this year next to Kofi Kingston winning the title, I'm going to say. It's, I mean, it's, how it's long do you think this was in the works? I mean, oh, I, bet like, I bet like 45 minutes. <laughs> I, I bet this, this probably wasn't even presented to him until that weekend. Do you think like Cody just called him and was like, hey, you want to screw over Vince? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can, uh, the be- what about the MJF line, Moose the Mark, where he uh, – where Moose – where uh, MJF said, "Hey Brett, look out! Someone's running in the ring after you!" And then he started laughing. Was that in poor taste? I mean, there were way more poor taste jokes he could have made. I'll say that. Well, he's he's has a lot of poor taste. That MJF, he he tried to come out there and make a name off the hit man. I noticed that. And well, at least people were taking a side and booing him and giving him shit. Instead of you know chanting both these guys or both these teams, you know I, you, you like to see uh, it, that in remember, a professional wrestling. Yeah, court. I, I mean Triple J. That's what I'm saying. It's very rare these days in pro wrestling where I think we all you know reached a consensus and we were booing the shit out of that entitled yuppie brat MJF. I mean, do you remember another time where the entire crowd was booing the same guy all together? Uh, it doesn't memory. happen that much nowadays. Oh, uh, no. Honestly, NXT probably does the best about that. You know, even WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, they're most, you know, they usually like both guys, which is something that is bad for the business, I think. I think it says a lot about what a true piece of shit Maxwell Jacob Friedman is. Uh, side yeah, note, Vin Man, uh, uh, Miss Elizabeth's father, huge MJF fan, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was all about this guy. I mean, you know, just, you know, from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, uh, just couldn't wait till whenever he was going to show up next. This guy wears vineyard vines in Burberry, just like me. He's a big fan. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the audience probably does not relate to that. That's why they're they're booing him. Very few. It's it's it's, uh, it. You may want to say that this is a company with something for everybody. It definitely is. I would say. If you love the Hitman, if you love Glacier, if you love nostalgia acts like Dustin Rhodes, it's got that. If you love attitude killers and you love flippy shit and you love uh, cigarette burning jungle boy and uh, all sorts of craziness, it's also got that. If you love Kongs, it's got that. And that is another (laughs) big surprise. Back to the Kongs, Vin Man. Awesome Kong inserted into the women's match. Fatal four-way, straight off the set of Glow, the welfare queen looked as good as ever. Yeah, yeah, she looked strong, and she even, you know, she took it to that Nyla Rose, who who looked very formidable herself. My goodness, uh, yeah, did, did she look tough. I mean, you, you got to say that, you know, I don't know if they're having a women's title in, the, in this league or, or anything like that, but. Uh, I would say Awesome Kong is the favorite at this point. Paul's a little overrated. What'd you think of Awesome Kong joining the fray there, Musta Mark? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a surprise. You know, I, I especially everyone saw Brandy Rhodes come out in her gear. Uh, it was a great little swerve, as they say in this business. Yeah, now, do you think cool. this is a one-off with Kong, or do you think she's going to be part of the roster? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on like how busy her schedule is. I mean, this could have been a one-off thing. I don't know. Well, why like, where she is in her career. That why would you have a one-off at, at a at your very first show for yeah 
for a talent like that. It would that not be doesn't good. Make any sense that would be terrible for for this women's division to have prestige and and you know be taken seriously with how good women's wrestling is ever in a few other places, especially WWE. You got to have Awesome Kong and Aja Kong well, both on the roster full well, time. Well, I don't know if you have to have that, but I don't think you could tease it and then, and then not, uh, you know, cash in on it later. I mean, I think there's some big stars here. Ali, I'm a huge fan of, and I became a huge fan of Hikaru Shida. I, I was very impressed with her. Which one is that again, Vin Man? Is that the Freddie Mercury one? No. No. He's talking about the the tall one one. that started wrestling when she was like 12. The one that that was tall that had like a big fur thing on her shoulder. Did she get the pinfall? Yes. I don't remember. Okay. Well, there there was a lot of great showings by the women, I think, at AEW. Potential to maybe not compete with WWE, which is the best women's wrestling, I think, by light years compared to any other company. But to be a legit number two, there's some space. Although not having Tessa Blanchard or someone like Jordan Grace, Triple J, I think we could say are glaring holes on the AEW roster. But the Kongs kind of make up for that. And that was Asha Kong, uh, that, that six-woman tag. Are any of those those gals signed? I don't think so. I think it's an interpromotional thing. I mean, I don't remember what federation they're from. They just called them the Joshi wrestlers. But... <laughs> I don't know, and I couldn't really get tell them apart name wise because like they just played the awesome Kong Titantron over and over again. It was really cool because it felt it felt like nineteen ninety seven to nineteen ninety eight uh WWF where random foreign matches would be booked. It felt yeah. it felt like Taka Michinoku versus Aguila and random Mil Mascaras matches versus Super Porky. It just happened on the show, it was there, and Kenny Omega said, I want it, so they put it there, and it was entertaining as hell. And I think, Moose the Mark, up to that point, it might have been the match of the night. It was easily my match of the night up until that point. It was, you know, I mean, I think I think the next match is is, is pretty solidly in my, my, my book is the match of the night. It's the match I'm thinking of. Are you talking uh, about yeah, brother, I think it was brother versus brother? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask Vin Man this. Uh... Uh, I, I don't know where to start for him, man. I mean, the natural, just, uh, he's 50 years old, and he probably had the match of his nice, bleeding like a stuck pig. I don't think he, when did he stop bleeding? Yeah, I don't think it happened any time during the match. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Probably not until he got to the backstage area. My gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was brutal. I will say that you know, his attire was a big letdown. And Triple J, I I, yeah, I think you would agree with me. Long Island, am I missing, like, is there something on Being the Elite that we missed about yes. that red and black face paint, only half of it? Okay, smarten us up on that. I believe this aired on the Double or Nothing, uh, Road to Double or Nothing, on the Nightmare Family YouTube channel, Cody Rhodes' YouTube channel, which I would argue those were better than Being the Elite leading up to the show, just in terms of the build and the different kind of, yeah, something you've never seen before the way that they set this pay-per-view up through that program. Uh, the, the office scenes with Cody and the team and Chris Jericho infiltrating his office and uh, also 
uh, QT Marshall going out to Dustin Rhodes Ranch in the middle of nowhere to sign him to, for, to the match. And uh, and then they do the interview and the package. Dustin Rhodes talking about his face paint for this evening. Talking about how this isn't a new beginning for him. This is for a way for, for him to show get his brother to show some respect. Who's never said thank you one goddamn time. And he said he was painting his face. The black represented death. The red represented life. And in there he was going in as his natural self for the first time in a long time. And he was ready to show his brother a thing or two about respect. And he did. Because after the match his brother asked him to be his tag partner. But Dustin Rhodes was all business going into that match. And he knew he wasn't going to care if he bled. He did it. It was beautiful. I was brought to tears. It was the match of the night, and it was the entrance of the night. Don't forget Cody's entrance, Moose the Mark, which some would say stole the show. I'm sure a lot of your friends on Reddit love that more than anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was really interesting of Cody to sort of celebrate Game of Thrones by, by coming out <laughs> with, his, with his big thrones and just, you know, marking that this, this 11-year journey we've all been on with the cast in Westeros, it finally ended. And so he smashes that big rock uh, throne, which I, I, I must assume is what he's kind of representing Game of Thrones with. It's medieval, probably copyright issues. You can have the Iron Throne. When he smashed that, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to say goodbye to Game of Thrones. Okay, enough of the bullshit Moose the Mark sarcasm. This is a serious conversation about a match where a man bled half to death. Cody Rhodes was not referencing Game of Thrones at that moment, and you know goddamn well what he was referencing, Moose the Mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this is a war. It was a shot fired. It right, was. It, it was. It was cathartic, I, I guess, but I, I don't know, Vin. Man, I really don't like mentioning the opposition. Well. Yeah, I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine today, and you know, he, you know, he he didn't seem to see the necessity of doing a smear piece like this. I agree. Uh, and but you know, WCW used similar tactics, and you know, well, they just gave got, away the results. Well, you know, they had, you know, they did. Uh, they threw Triple H himself the did and, similar tactics. Yeah, it, and it and it got over. You know, you know that that. That got over, uh, and you know, if you're a, an upstart company like this, maybe you got to do something like this to get people talking. Uh, you know, it, it, is it a little disrespectful on, on Cody's part? You know, absolutely. Uh, but you know, if it's gonna, you know, if it's gonna get you noticed, if it's gonna get more eyeballs on your product, um, and it's not an extremely poor taste, I get. I guess you got to do it. It was character assassination. It, it was. It was it was Archduke Franz Ferdinand type shit here. This was the beginning of a war. This was epic. And well, it, no one else could have done it on the roster but Cody Rhodes because he is very much in a similar role to that of the man who he was referencing, Triple H. Well, think about it. I mean, you know, they don't have, like, major superstars uh, that are, you know, in the primes of their career, they don't have, you know, this great, um, you know, angles going on. They don't have a weekly television show yet. Uh, you know, they didn't put on any, you know, really tremendous matches that people are going to remember. 
So they got to do something to, to, to get noticed. And this is what they had to do. Could you in any way construe this as, as cheap, a cheap shot, cheap heat, Triple J? Uh, should Cody have not done this? Yeah, he, he could have not done it. Like I said, I think it was cathartic. I think it was something that, that he wanted to do, you know, just to release that uh, that tension from his body, I guess. Do you think Triple H will react at all on television? No, no. I, well, sure. I don't know about that. You know, he he slips those lines in there every, every now and then. I don't think... Uh, yeah, what, I don't think. What would he do? Would he? He'll he'll just make a a, a, a no. small comment. No. He is not going to do anything elaborate. Guys, you know how people have been leaking the scripts for Raw and you know posting like results. I hate to do this. I really don't want to spoil you. I don't want to blow up my spot, but I I do know exactly how Triple H is going to respond to this uh, wow. incident. If you guys are interested, I are not interested in spoilers. Please turn off right now. But well, it's going to be on. Or it's the, the tomorrow night something. Yeah, this is this is going to be on Raw. I have the format sheet right here. This segment's produced <laughs> by Fit Finley and uh, and Pat Patterson himself. So I mean, okay, spoilers turn off if you don't want it. Triple H is going to come to the ring. He's going to play his promo. He's going to introduce everyone. Set up a main event with Baron Corbin. Then you say, "Oh yeah, all elite wrestling." And then he's going to take out a T-shirt. He's going to put it in the middle of the ring, and he's going to unzip his pants, and he's going to pee on it as the third hour of Raw starts to show. <laughs> That this is like the newer, edgier raw. He's gonna like literally. He's gonna be hydrating all day, and then he's just gonna pee on an all elite wrestling shirt to kick off the new third hour of raw. What are the chances while he's doing that? Our truth runs to the ring while he's being chased by the entire locker room. <laughs> I'm hoping that happens in the third. the The new third hour of raw. It, yeah. If if. if <laughs> If I'm pegging anything, if I'm pegging anything on Raw to be better than Double or Nothing, it's this third hour. Which oh I'm, I'm looking forward to almost more than I was Double or Nothing. Now, 24 oh, seven title. Brock Lesnar ready to cash in at a moment's notice, and Triple H is Johnson on an AEW T-shirt. I didn't quite get what I was looking for in that Mick Foley promo, Triple J. But, yeah. uh, I, but I really did. As soon as those lights went uh, dim, I got really excited. Yeah, I do like, you know, not putting all the red and the blue lights uh, on the crowd. Yeah, it wasn't exactly what we were looking for. Uh, but I mean, let, let's stick, let's continue to stick with Double or Nothing right now. I got a few more things I wanted to bring up about it. Uh, you had the Lucha Brothers taking on uh, the the short Elvises in in the Young Bucks uh, again a, a bust ass match with people kicking out of stuff that they shouldn't be kicking out of. But I actually <laughs> not very familiar with, with the Lucha Brothers uh, for their other than their singles catalog. But I was very impressed about those two over like Rover. You know, Pentagon Junior can just yell Sierra Mero as many times as he wants and wants and the people are going to chant along with him. It's actually, so. it's, it's actually now because AEW has no restrictions on language is Sierra Mero, Sierra, Sierra Miedo Puto. You got to add in Puto now. Cause that's what, right, does, right. what does that roughly translate to? Dr. No. Calsonis, if, if you could uh, help triple J out a little bit here with the Espanol being spoken in the ring during that match. Uh, Puto is like, you know, it's the Spanish word for bitch. Oh. Is that going to fly on Turner? 
Uh, I mean, doesn't Charles um, Barkley call Shaq a puto like always? I mean, as long as a lot of people are like you, Triple J, that don't really understand what it means, we're good. Yeah, well, I think we'll be fine there. And I think also JR is going to be fine. (laughs) You know, I had a lot of doubts about JR accepting this match and not getting extremely pissed off during it. But he held (laughs) it. He probably was. He just didn't let it come across. He held it in. It was JR was the best part of this match besides the Young Bucks dressing like Elvis. Uh, I hope they come out like Johnny Bravo next. Vin man, that'll be good. <laughs> but JR can only hope. JR during this match. God damn it, this is a fucking good tag team match. Oh, how the fuck did he kick out of that? Oh, you could just I could hear JR biting his thumb so he doesn't get super pissed off about someone kicking out of a 360 Mexican destroyer off of the top rope. But uh, th- this match was a great tag team match, and uh, JR said it like nine times. That's how I know. Uh, how does everybody feel about the 10 count, which they were really harping on earlier in, in the um, night? This is America. For, you know, once you make a tag, you can you can do the double team for, for 10 seconds instead of five seconds. This is America. We count to ten, outside the ring and inside the ring. I, I, I actually, I like it actually. I do. I wish it would have been a twenty count well, on the. What outside I did like was the time limits that were announced. I did like that. Yeah, you're right. I, I like that. It's a it's a professional sport. You need to the, know what the time limits. The are. best part about time limits are that it gets people who don't want the match to even be happening excited that it might end. Or it's definitely going to end by a certain time. But then if it oh, ends yeah. up going all the way to the time limit, they get mad. That's my favorite part about it. Oh, it's a 30-minute time limit. No way it goes that long. I can't wait for some of these draws that are going to happen in AEW. I think I'm most looking forward to the first time limit draw in All Elite Wrestling. Vin I'm kind of surprised they didn't have one at the on the paper. Yeah, you can on night one. But go to Moose the Mark here if we're going to talk some rumor and innuendo. Hangman Adam Page and Pack apparently couldn't happen because Pac refuses to do a job. Uh, Why can't yeah, that honestly, bastard not just loot, have a time limit draw against the hangman? I, I really don't know, Long Allen. I, the show didn't run particularly long. I mean, I, 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 I talking about it. It's like I didn't talk about it too closely. But the, the issue with Pac, this guy, what's the word you're hearing on that? Do, how could someone in 2019 be that hard-headed? I mean, you're in this business for yourself. You're your own, you're your number one asset. I'll tell you something right now, and I could see this happening a whole lot in this company, is because you got you know all these you know former Bullet Club people uh, that are you know used to always winning every single match that they're in, and then. You got all these people, other guys that are like, oh, I'm going to come in here, you know, for a great opportunity. Then they're going to be asked to lose and they're going to be like, what the fuck? I should have just stayed where I was at. Well, that's that's the question you asked. Triple J, do you rather have a company where guys are politicking this way or even sitting out like Pac did? Or do you rather have a company where it's 50-50 booking? I, I like this refreshment of Pac being a bastard uh, and them having to maybe make a change there and have Hangman win the Battle Royale. I'm not concerned because I think it's just a big work. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Why would they? Why would they not have Pac there? They promoted him heavily going into the show. Be, because it's going to make you know it, it's a slow burn. It's going to make that eventual 
match um, at an AEW show even better. I don't know if that makes any sense. When has anyone ever promoted someone to be in a big match and then two weeks before yanked them from the match inexplicably? Uh, I mean, there was that one, uh, I think it was a six-man pay-per-view match. Moose the Mark, if you can back me up, Shawn Michaels, he wasn't in it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, going before 14. I mean, that's just off the top of my head, at least. Uh, Sabu, obviously, being double booked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were like logistical issues, personal issues. You're saying this was a booking decision. I don't think it was. Well, it's a personal issue for, for Pac. What about when Austin took his ball and went home? That's that's what I want to see more of in AEW. Guys refusing to work unless they win. That's how you know it's good. Well, it's intense. Well, and this is you know this is the thing you know that I'm most interested in in this in this program coming up in the fall. You know they, they you know they're harping on wins and losses mattering. Well, let damn it, let's see some jobber matches. Let's see some uh, some enhancement talent out there oh, getting guys over you're week after that. week with you no will. competitive matches you for a will. whole month until a pay per view. That you I will. you know if you, I've got, if you do that, then I might start to get interesting. I've got two words for you to explain to you how I know that's going to happen. Michael Nakazawa. You think he's going to be the enhancement talent? Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be the best thing about AEW. He's gonna do the job. He's gonna be oiled up. He's Michael Nakazawa. So how many matches is this guy gonna have per night? I mean, is he the only one that's gonna do that? I mean, half the Casino Battle Royale, I think, are gonna see be doing that doing those jobs. Brandon Cutler, the guy with all the face paint, Sunny Days, Sunny Kiss. We got a lot of a lot of enhancement talent in AEW ready to. And make everybody look like a million bucks. Yeah, and speaking about enhancement talent, uh, I don't want to. I'm actually not not proud to say this, but I have to point it out. Kenny Omega has never won a match in AEW. <laughs> he hasn't. And uh, no, you know, right. he he goes to the back of the line. So I'm expecting for you know his next match at All yeah. Out. Who do you think he should be working? Triple J. Well, I don't know. I mean, this for to Vin Man's point about wins and losses matter. It sh- it shouldn't be very high on the card if you're going to stick to this strategy. <laughs> if you ask me, All Out should open with Moxley versus Omega, a guy. Well, with- you're kind of jumping the gun on this All Out show. I mean, we got we got the, the fighter, fighter fest. Which I guess you could say is Omega's probably not booked. going to happen. Omega's booked uh, against Shima for for fighter fest, then- I believe. And I, I actually didn't notice, but, but Fighter Fest is happening uh, on, on a night where you two gentlemen are going to be out at my house, so we may have to watch that live. <laughs> um, and and I'm also, I mean, I guess I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but if you go to the AEW website, uh, they have another event listed there, Fight for the Fallen, which is supposed to take place in Jacksonville, Florida at 8 p.m. on July 13th. So there you go. And, and that that show can involve some uh, good matches, but I think the all-out shows, their really next big worldwide pay-per-view show is my guess. Um, but the, the the tag match, we were on that. The Bucks got the win. I mean, I, wins and losses mattering. I just, I want to, 
I can't imagine Pentagon Jr. accepting to do a job to anyone in such a big match. I can't believe that happened almost. I I would not want to be the person to go to the backstage and tell Penta, you're losing tonight, senor. Would you, Triple J? It feels like a scary thing. Well, Billy Gunn is a, Billy Gunn is a lot bigger than him, <laughs> if that's who had to deliver the news. I, I don't know who actually took, you know, who ate the pinfall. I don't know if it was him or... It was Phoenix. Or, uh, it, you best... A- Animo Phoenix or, or... Better fucking believe it was Ray Phoenix and not Pentagon Jr. taking that pin, for sure. Um, then I think we're ready to go to the to the main event, which featured the debut of a mythical maneuver that a lot of people didn't even think was a real move going into the match triple (laughs) yeah of course you're talking about the judas effect and i I don't know who it was on commentary that pointed this out but uh you know oh my alex marvin he he didn't even yeah he's musta mark's favorite commentator in aew what is alex marvez's background it seemed like he had to do some work on the speed network or something i'm not familiar with him what did he do in the past he, i don't know i think he's like a reporter i think like dave Meltzer's friends with him i think <laughs> he had something to do with the nfl was he can in the I, business prior to this can or you they just quit asking goddamn questions and let someone who knows what's up explain to you alex marvez what okay. was a a president of the football writers of america association very important organization of of all the football writers covering the sport he has had a serious XM NFL show for like 12 years or longer, maybe. He was a Fox NFL reporter, newsbreaker, writer. I think he even did some sideline stuff. So very heavily involved in pro football. As for pro wrestling, uh, you could tell it was his first big show. But he saved his ass at the end of the night. Because that might have been the best thing any of the commentators said going into the any match. I don't know. He said, I'm going to lay this theory out on you, JR. I don't know if the Judas effect is a real move. I think he's just playing mind games. That is how you you commentar- do commentary for pro wrestling. Plant sleep seeds, make <laughs> shit up. That's what it's all about. Well, yeah, that's, that's right. And, well, I'll say this. I don't think this guy was as bad as everybody's saying. I think... Whenever it was just him and Excalibur on the pre-show, I thought he was excellent. Uh, and then, you know, whenever JR got in there, you know, they just, they, that three-man booth just wasn't yeah. working together. Yeah, and also, he, I think maybe he was a little intimidated being next to JR, but who would blame him? Uh, Excalibur, on the other hand, was just perfect all night long. Scre- his, he's got a defined role. Scream the names of moves and talk about, <laughs> and talk about who these guys are friends with. Make botchamania references and just tell everyone to go download PWGs. Is Excalibur part of the like? like Is he going to be doing commentary going forward every every time? Yeah, he's there. Better. He's he's there. It's they're they're signed announcers are those three, but I think the one and the number one and number two are Jr. Play by play and Excalibur's the number one. Uh, color guy marvez don't know why he was in there maybe just to be kind of the social media talker um i mean he did all the the press conferences and the pool party yeah he's he's needed he's doing all right but the traditional color and and play-by-play are excalibur and jr triple g yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, has anybody? I was trying to think about this. I like, I like Excalibur on commentary. 
whenever we're hearing him. But at any time they just show that booth and, and you got this guy there with a luchador mask on, it just it takes me out of it. Why? I don't understand what what he's a former wrestler. Who's but never have there mask. been any other commentators that have worn a mask? Yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger. Other than like, yeah. yeah, Liger wears and one but, every other day. Other than like Triple yeah. I think this sounds this sounds like a very nationalist. Yeah, but I, I don't. I never right really listen to Liger. I I I, I think he's great. I, I think it's fine, and he's great. He's oh, right. I said I like listening to him. I I like when they I, show. I just him get too. taken out of the moment th- whenever I they show he, me. That's right. He, I don't. I think he's a handsome luchador. I, it's a good mask. I don't, I don't see any problem with it. Um, it Maybe if he... Uh, you know who disturbing to look at more so is Alex Marvez, actually. He's tough to look at. He, it, it felt like I was looking at Mark Madden, kind of, in man. It was tough. Oh, I don't know about they that. Should, they should, <laughs> when they're showing the announcers, maybe just go shoulder up, and then we'll be good. Um, but th- they did a good job during the main event. Which felt big time, Moose the Mark, especially with Jr. screaming his head off at the end. Yeah, this this is one of those matches where Jr. really shined. Uh, you know, I, I, I it, the presentation was there. I guess it wasn't for the title. I watched the whole match thinking it was. Uh, <laughs> we got a new champion. We got a new champion. <laughs> yeah, I had a great big fight feel. I don't know, man. I. I I think Jericho could use a, like a slightly what? better look. Oh, what, 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 I you, this was the best look of his career. What What would you change? I mean, I know we got. I, I'd go back to the trunks, cut, get a haircut, lose the hat. I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was better than that confusing clockwork orange thing where he had face paint. Definitely. First of all, all I, the, I like any... the. Uh, any look Jericho I like, I does like is good. The hat is sweet. And what are you talking about, Ms. Mark? Who are you, Ron White, telling him to take off the hat? Who The hat is rad. His long hair is cool. Any look my Jericho, Jericho was badass. Yeah. My peak Jericho is wearing the trunks with the lighted jacket, well, period. You know what? They, that's, that's what they did. anymore. AEW showed you all. Every, everybody has a favorite version of Jericho, and AEW showed all of them to you before his entrance. And then out came... The, the current Jericho, the man who won the first ever main event of All Elite Wrestling, and he debuted a new move. The I would say the most devastating move to debut in a match since the Codebreaker Triple J. And I've watched I watched both of those instances live, and I think the Judas effect might be better. That was brutal. Yeah, I mean in layman terms, it was basically what a, a spinning back elbow, I guess, is what you would call. But it it was effective knocking out uh, you know former world champion Kenny Omega. Yeah, that that spinning back elbow was enough to make John Jones blush. Am I am I right, Long Island? Oh yeah, that that was that was move of the night. It had all the mustard on it. It knocked Omega senseless. He didn't even realize that Dean Ambrose was in the ring until Dean Ambrose had him cinched up for a dirty deeds, and then all hell breaks loose. And I felt like I was watching. Monday Night Raw in 1999 and the crowd was going berserk and and these two are fighting up on on a bunch of poker chips. It was really the coolest main event and finish to a show you could have imagined for this show. I don't think it could have ended any better, Moose the Mark. No, I mean, it was amazing. I I do think for a match, it never quite got into second gear. I think the Wrestle Kingdom match was much better. And you could chalk that up to maybe Kenny Omega getting his nose broken in like the first five minutes of the match, but 
the ending. This this wasn't about the match. This was about the aftermath. And John Moxley showing up, looking great. Loved the gear. So much better than his fucking dirty tank top and jeans. You know I hate wrestling in jeans. You know, he looked like he raided the Briscoe Brothers wardrobe for those pants. And I, I thought it was an awesome debut. The crowd was friggin' mental. I mean, it, it was very, I'll say it was a very WWE ending, you know, basically doing an attitude adjustment off the big the big stack. Of yeah, I see that. Yeah. Uh, now, here, here's a question that I don't know. Has, has ever since, you know, leaving Dean Ambrose, has John Moxley appeared on any independent shows prior to this? Not not prior to this, but he's going to be on some non-AEW independent shows soon. He's wrestling like Pentagon Jr. in a match in August. Well, that's what I wanted to know because I thought it, it was just very strange that you're leaving, you know, that you would go from one company where you had to exclusively work to them to another where you have to exclusively work to them. But that, that doesn't sound like the case. So I heard a rumor that uh, John Moxley's facing Bret Hart at an AIW event coming up in Cleveland. <laughs> Is that true, Boost the Mark? Uh, my sources are mom on okay, now, well, Long Island. All right. Well, I, I'll I'll take your word for it then. I just heard some rumors. But that was a very, very cool way to finish it and full of surprises. All Elite Wrestling's here. Yeah, that, Hopefully they're here to stay because yeah. I want more of it. I need more of that. Yeah. Bret Hart's already penciled in for uh, Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> uh, I mean. Tanaka. All Elite Wrestling's here now, Vin Man. After watching that show, being thoroughly entertained, having all this to talk about, don't you want more of that? Don't you want them to succeed? Don't you want to see people like like Bret Hart be able, get paid for appearances more often? Sure, yeah. I mean, I want to, you know, I want these guys to make money. But yeah, as I said before, I didn't see much difference between this and any other ROH or New Japan show I've watched, you know, over the past several years. It's just more of the same guys having the same generic matches. Was this better than anything TNA was doing in 07? No. Not even close. They never ran the MGM Grand Garden Arena, though. They didn't have to. They didn't need to. they, They were selling out the impact zone. Can't you just watch AEW without comparing it to a bunch of stuff? I'm not. And realize it's very I'm exciting not. pro wrestling. Is I'm that not. what we it, okay? Good. I'm not the one comparing it. I'm just you asked my opinion and you asked me if it was you know if it was really good and you know how it looked compared to other stuff and you know not that I'm watching it comparing it but at the end of the day you know did I see something that like really stood out you know that was you know, so groundbreaking that it fulfilled all the the promises that, that Cody Rhodes has been telling me about how this is going to change the world forever. I'm sorry. It didn't, you know, it, it's, it's still the same old independent wrestling with generic guys having generic matches with nothing really on the line. And then, man, even if there was something that you saw and you wanted to see more of, you're not going to get a weekly television program until the fall. I mean, we don't know if that's yeah, October. Which, is that November? We we know there's three confirmed shows. Yeah. And we don't yeah. even know if they're all going to be. I mean, All Out sounds like it's going to be televised. And, and the Fighter Festival, I don't believe anything that's actually advertised for. <laughs> but, but I, you know, it, it, I'm not going to really judge this company until the, the weekly television show happens. I mean, this is, this is just a spot show as far as I'm concerned. Well, okay. With all the superlatives to the side, did you enjoy it? 
Uh, it, it was pro wrestling. I, I enjoyed some of it, but I mean, it's not, you know, it, it you know, I didn't enjoy it more than, you know, Monday Night Raw from this past week. I didn't like it more than Money in the Bank. I mean, it was I okay. I understand all that, but that's not what I asked. I just want to know if you enjoyed it. It was all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I would I go back and watch something from it again? No, I would not. Not even Bret Hart or the Super Smash Brothers. Definitely not the Super Smash Brothers. Bret Hart, you know, I I just want to hear more interviews from Bret Hart about his upcoming matches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched the Michael Nakazawa spot. Going to be in Grand Rapids on July thirteenth. Uh, Going to be. <laughs> well, Mustamar, can you? Can, how about to be working with Brian Cage in a, Bef- in a two Mark, out of three falls match? As we wind down the AEW Double or Nothing talk, do you have something different to say about it? I know you enjoyed it. Is it as profound of a show as as some people are saying? And is that the consensus online afterwards? Is everyone marking out to it, bro? Uh, every, I mean, the consensus online, yes, absolutely. I mean, we're just going to have to see. We're waiting on numbers to come in. We're waiting on ratings to come in. You know, this, they, you know, this is this is the flashy one. This is the one where we give you the benefit of the doubt. The question is, will they be able to continue the success? I think they can. I'm very bullish on AEW. I think it looked incredible. They had some production snafus, but this is literally their first time doing it. And I think, I think, I think they really could have something on their hands here. How much? How much better was this? Than you know the last several Ring of Honor shows you've watched. Uh, I mean, the last Ring of Honor show I watched was in Madison Square Garden with you guys. It was pretty good. You know, I don't know if the Ring of Honor parts were the best, but still, like I don't know, they're not doing that that bad. And you, Triple J, uh, I don't know if you want to compare it to other things or not. I just say if you enjoyed it. But all Elite Wrestling, Double or Nothing, a show that it's going to be talked about for a long time, no matter what. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot. It, there were some new guys there that I didn't know. And, and honestly, they didn't do anything to make me want to find out more about them. Not even Michael um, Nakazawa? No, I, I don't need that comedy stuff on, on my wrestling. Well, all right. Uh, I, so the, the one point I'll make, I, I mentioned this, that it, for me it didn't really kick in the gear until personal issues were involved. Uh, going back to the G1 Supercard, which I think is a better was a better show than Double or Nothing or even All In. Uh, you had Agreed. Osprey versus Jeff Cobb. No storyline there, and that was a hell of a match. Fucking great. Yeah, I I'll say uh, All Elite Wrestling. This was a, a historic show because they are already they already have the TV deal. It is history. Keep your ticket. They're gonna they're being. They have an advantage. They have money. They have a great TV deal. They've got a great roster. They're going to do great things. But if we are comparing to recent pro wrestling, I think Vin Man has points. A lot of it is similar or not even as good as some of the other stuff we're seeing from. Like Ring of Honor and New Japan when they get together. I think AEW still has work to do to keep in terms of uh, production and, and and make you know putting people in the right spots. But overall, this one, this show... For people who were coming to work together for the first time ever, this was fucking amazing. What a show. Now, Long Island, let, let me put you uh, on the spot right now. If there was no TV deal announced and the Turner executives were watching this pay-per-view 
to judge if they wanted this on their network. Do you think that this show would have convinced them to put wrestling back on their network? I yeah, I think it could have because the it, like Moose said the the look of this show was was tremendous. Good good lighting, good use of crowd reactions, which we didn't talk enough about. I think today because there were a lot of those. They <laughs> a lot more than I expected, and uh. You know, you have taken a page right out of WWE. Also, and, yeah, and they did a lot of the things WWE does, and they did them uh, maybe a little bit better and, and more, act, and you know, less or, less or equivalent, or yeah, better, better, or as good as if or better, which you know we really need to be uh, speaking more on. But uh, this was definitely a legendary show. I'm actually gonna uh, watch it again after we finish today's show. But right now. Um, no headlines for this week. What do you say we just all bleed like Dustin Rhodes to finish this thing off, Triple J? Uh, maybe not that that deep of a cut, but yeah, we'll do our best. Everybody's talking about double or nothing, using the hashtag A-E-W-D-O-N. And, you know, for all the things that they're saying, they're going to be different from WWE. They're not going to be the same product. They're going to be in an alternative. Something they did to the T is that three-man booth. Everybody always says we need time to lay out, to absorb, to process what's going on. We don't need constant chatter. And you know what? They didn't listen. They put JR... Alex Marvez and Excalibur for a wall of sound. Whether we needed the insight that they were giving us or not, we got it. So I just don't understand why everybody says three is too many, but that's what we got on this program. Perhaps at Daytona Beach at the the Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen, wherever that is, or back in the Sears Center for all out, we'll just have two commentators. But it doesn't matter how good you are. We really only need two voices on that show. And I hope we get it the next time. You know, I heard a lot of talk about all this blood, this bloodbath that we experienced, making people uncomfortable. And I admit, I was pretty uncomfortable, too. Uh, There was a lot of blood. And it was quite, quite, quite horrific. But for all those saying this is unsafe, this is dangerous... Is it any less dangerous than taking a power bomb through a ladder or a burning hammer off of a balcony or any of these other men? Is there anything in WWE? Is this any dangerous than getting superplexed onto a box of lighting equipment at WrestleMania? Some of the hardest stage equipment in the world. I ask you, what's wrong with getting a little color? Let me tell you something, Brainiacs. First thing I want to talk about here is is a congratulations to Martin Truex Jr. who just won the Coca-Cola 600 uh, which was highlighted today by WWE's own Charlotte Flair driving the ceremonial pace car but the next thing I want to talk about is this super showdown in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia fantasy warfare once again coming to life first time ever Undertaker, Goldberg. This has match of the year written all over it. I cannot 
wait to see this one. I always wondered what it would be like if these two ever hooked up. All throughout 1998, 1999, we were always thinking about what would ever happen if these two stepped inside that squared circle together. And we are going to find out what's going to happen halfway around the world kingdom of saudi arabia make sure you tune in to the wwe network to watch this once in a lifetime first time last time only time event it is going to be a happening oh my brother testify brady x the thing i learned most of all after all elite wrestling's double or nothing pay-per-view is that All professional wrestling out there today has something different and everybody is consciously making an effort to entertain the asses off of the fans. Everybody's working so hard and everything is good. I really can't say a bad word about anything going on in Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, AIW, PWG, Progress, MLW, or any of them. Everybody works so goddamn hard. That's because nobody works harder than the professional wrestler, the most humble and and, and noble profession under God's hot sun. And my eyes are opened after AEW's Double or Nothing. And the, the production people, too, how hard they're working. So I think about that, and I just think about how it doesn't matter what you choose and what you like and what you're rooting for. It's all good. Everybody working is working for you and just enjoy it because at the end of the day AEW is as good or better than WWE and WWE is as good or better than something like Impact and Impact is as good or better than New Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling is as good or better than Ring of Honor Wrestling and the list goes on and on and on Brainiacs Enjoy it. It's the best time ever to be a pro wrestling fan. The bitch ass school of the week goes to the person who made the uh, double or nothing ramp. How come you're not putting caution tape? How come you're not holding Brett the Hitman Hart's hand and casually leading him out of the ramp? When it comes to falling in hearts, they do not go along. So the bitch ass school of the week. It's for the person who made it. They need to change the design. They need to put caution signs. Oh, be careful or you will slip and fall sign. Something. Because we need to protect Bret Hart. <laughs> well, you got to have railings, doctor. I just put one up in my backyard. Very important. You're, you're right. Absolutely. Railings and hand... What about what... You know, everybody's talking about how it was... uh, What was it? Uh, What was the inclusive gimmick they had? The first all-inclusive sensory accessibility. What about... What what was that? I Googled that. I I still didn't understand. Well, I can explain that to you, Triple J, in the next show, because they explained it on the road to Double or Nothing. But, Dr. Calsonis, what about handicapped accessibility? Or elderly accessibility? They, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the universe is trying to kill the hitman or what's up, but someone hold this man's hand and lead him out of the out of the. Do you think? Arena. Do you think Kota Kota Bushi is just trying to get a leg off? <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. 
He doesn't want to get stretched by the hitman. <laughs> if AEW really wants to think outside the box, they should book Kota Ibushi to steal one of the heart cats to really make this a personal <laughs> feud. You know, he stole he stole my cat, family no. cat. I came home and a snowball was gone. <laughs> I walked all around. They said, "Snowball, where are you?" Uh, man, what a what a great week of pro wrestling. Uh, a man called Wired not here, Brainiacs. Obviously, he was on his honeymoon this week. So hopefully, he'll be back next week to talk about not watching all elite wrestling. But uh, you're, you heard the show live from his wedding. Moose the Mark, you missed the wedding. Did you catch the episode where that we recorded at his reception at all? No, I haven't. I, I, I've been too busy cramming for double or nothing. Maybe I'll check it out now that it's over. You should. <laughs> you should. I understand. You had to. I crammed for it. But go back and listen, Brainiacs. It's the most one of the most beautiful episodes of BBR live from a, a wedding called Wired. Highly encourage you to go listen to that back in the archives. Or any of our other old episodes. Like, sometimes, Vin Man, I know you, you'll just go back and listen to pre-shows before things like, uh, I don't know, Hardcore Justice 2013. Yeah, yeah. That's that's some some of the best content out there today. I mean, people like t- talking and listening to shows about old shows. We got those back in the archive, Brainiac. So go check it out and uh, let us know what you thought of AEW. Was it better or equivalent to WrestleMania? Let us know at the Brainbusters. Tweet it, read it, tot it, shout it, be all about it. At the Brainbusters. Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, Facebook, anything left, Triple J. Uh, no, I, I think that's all for this week, Double or Nothing. We actually didn't talk very WWE stuff, but uh, there's going to be a lot to get to next week, I believe. Isn't TakeOver 25 happening? Takeover uh, next, 25 and Hartford. Looking forward to that B show coming up, breaking it all down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mil Calsonis, what do you got planned for the B show before NXT 25 Takeover? Well, if a man called Wired ever makes it back from his honeymoon, uh, we should have a lot of things. Also, the return of Mil Calsonis to professional wrestling starts tomorrow. Yes, it does, because uh, Mil Calsonis is going to be watching Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live live every week. And I hear that through the Marburger rumors, uh, you know, the corporate uh, newsletter that comes out, you have maybe some new shows coming up, Doctor. Can we look forward to some stuff like that? Uh, you know, you got to keep it, you know, hush-hush, you know, still in the works. So oh, just look out. You know, If one day I'll just drop and you'll just be like, wow, today's a good day. Then keep an eye, Brainiacs, on that Brainbuster radio feed <laughs> on any podcast gimmick. Boost the mark. You got any parting words? Um, no, just you know, I'm I'm pretty pumped about pro wrestling. I am. <laughs> I I feel like like pro wrestling is Sunny Kiss's ass, and 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 it just filled my face all for full of great great smells, and I just want more of it. <laughs> Triple J, do you think one of Vince's stooges? told him about what happened during that pay-per-view and he and vince was just saying that's it come on come and get me come on hey come on you son of a bitch I expect- I, i'm still not not you know john mosley still may be a mole uh, i wouldn't rule that out <laughs> all right as we I, oh my sh- god i would love we- nothing more i think i saw a, even a bigger ring on renee young's finger i don't know where the cash for that came from <laughs> You know what? Let's end the show the right way. 
in tribute to AEW and our new favorite commentator, Alex Marvez, Triple J, I'm going to end the show with a theory of mine. That wasn't even John Moxley. We got to get the hell out of here, Brainiacs. For Jumpin' Jacob J, Vidman on limited dates, Mil Calzones on the Unos and Doses, Moose the Mark on the Internet Gimmicks, a man called Wired, the Sultan of Social Media, Sultanizing on his honeymoon, and Long Allen Ice Tea. I'm Long Allen Ice Tea saying, I got to get the hell out of here, and I want to thank you. <laughs>